Hi again, everybody. Welcome to The Chatter, episode 64. Colleen, we've got the rosary guy in the house. I can't believe it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O, o most, most gracious Virgin, Virgin Mary, Mary gracious that Virgin never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, protection implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Colleen, they're going to say, the rosary guy, who is this? But Keith, say hello to... Yes, indeed. Everybody here, as soon as they hear your voice, they're going to know, I know that guy. My good friends in Dubuque, it's good to be with all of you. Isn't it good here? This is Keith Nestor of the Rosary Crew. He lives uh, just down the road a piece in uh, Cedar Rapids, and uh, you've been to a couple of our evangelization conferences last September and again up here uh, in October of 2022, Keith. But that was the frosting on the cake with you leading the rosary live on youtube um from dubuque from the grand river center yeah that was a that was a lot of fun um it was it's always great to be able to be in a room with people when we pray the rosary most of the time i'm sitting in a room by myself Mm -hmm. so it's good to be with actual with actual people and the internet at the same time yeah it was wonderful i think the most crazy takeaway colleen couldn't be with us that night she was nursing mother who by the way the report is outrageous i'm telling you my mom's 85 she had major surgery home that night and still has not taken even a tylenol for the pain so that's incredible so colleen wasn't there she hasn't she hasn't uh seen it chris polly our engineer and rob our engineer are doing some editing on the evening and we're going to make that that audio from Wednesday, October 19th, available, Keith. But here's here's the comment of the night. So you prayed the rosary at 5 o'clock, so the early Christians were there, the, the, the ones that, that come early and stay long. So these are, yes. these are devout Catholics, cradle Catholics, who have a great devotion not only for Holy Mass but for the Holy Rosary. So... They pray at least one rosary a day. You know what the comment of the night was? This guy's I'm really dying to hear it. This guy's really firing me up. He's and he wasn't Catholic <laughs> to start here, and I learned more about the rosary listening to him. Now, listen, these people have prayed the rosary their whole life. They're in their forties, fifties. There are some seventies and eighty-year-old people. Wow, praying the rosary. That's I learned hilarious. more about the rosary listening to him. What do you say about that, Keith? That's amazing. I mean, I. I, I just it completely baffles my mind because when I first started doing this, my biggest fear was that I would do it such a disservice because I'm so new to the faith and I know how important the rosary is to people and I was convinced I would butcher it, you know, so to to have people that pray the rosary longer than I've been alive say that that not only was it tolerable but that it was a blessing to them is just a huge huge um, encouragement to me well you were butchering it but you weren't butchering the rosary it was uh, you could hear demons jumping into the river from the grand river center so <laughs> oh I, now, now you're talking i love that <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was uh, just amazing and we're going to have that 
that audio clip available on kcrd-fm.org and on the mobile app. So, you know, you're outside our terrestrial signal in Cedar Rapids, Keith, but uh, as we talked about a couple times, the mobile app takes you wherever you're doing the rosary crew across the country. Oh, I love that. That is such a cool thing. That the idea of the app. I didn't see, I didn't know you guys had an app. So, that's uh that's super cool. Well, we figure since we told you and you traversing the country, you're going to let the rest of the country know what uh, what to do here. Oh, you better believe it. So let's talk a bit here. Um, some of the fire up of uh, that evening and in, in the rosary. Uh, how does it say? It's Matthew. Is it 26, Colleen? Uh, you are Peter and on this rock. Uh, Matthew 16. 16. But you had the sixth 16, part right. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's Isaiah, Isaiah 22, isn't it, with... Uh, the other guys, but anyway, yes. uh, What's my point? Yeah, the other guys—they're <laughs> the in the Bible. Other guys, yeah. you know, the <laughs> other guys in the Bible. Saint All Paul's Saint Paul's epistle to the other guys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that one. <laughs> um. So the gates of hell shall not prevail. And Keith, I think you mentioned somewhere along the line the uh, the gates of hell are defensive armaments. Nobody's ever been killed by. The gates of hell. Nobody's ever been overrun by the gates of hell. But we're supposed to storm the gates of hell, and the rosary is the battering ram busting up the gates of hell. You really were using that battering ram on the 19th. Yeah, to me, the rosary is such a powerful weapon against evil that I feel like it's one of those things that you, you have so many moments in your life where you feel hopeless against what's going on around you. And people say things like, well, just pray. Mm-hmm. But what does that prayer look like? And sometimes, sometimes it's hard to know. It's hard to know what to say in prayer. It's hard to know how you should approach it. And the rosary is, it's like a gift handed to you from the Blessed Virgin Mary saying, this is what's going to work. This is the power. So pray it with faith, pray it with devotion, and watch what God can do in your life. And yeah, there are all sorts of things that take place in the spiritual realm around us that we we don't see with our eyes, but we see the effects of for sure. And when we pray the rosary, I remember feeling like this was something that I needed in my life at the time, coming into the Catholic faith after, after a 20-plus year in, in Protestant ministry— and dealing with a lot of different things. It's like, I need those weapons. And I remember feeling like I had discovered something so powerful, and it's, it's, it's been more than I even thought at the time. So you had 20 years as a Protestant minister, which not a lot of people understand and know about you, but curiously you, you uh, mentioned the rosary as a gift to all of us, but to you in particular from the Blessed Virgin. When... When did that gift first manifest itself to you, Keith? Well, in I, so I converted in 2017. In the fall is when I came into the church, so a little over five years ago. And I had— What's going on with that? Decided— <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot. Right? It happens just to be the 100th I had, I had anniversary decided, of Fatima, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah, and at the time, I knew nothing about that. So, like, I— I, when I came into the Catholic Church, I didn't know anything about 
I mean, I knew very little. I shouldn't say I didn't know anything about it, but I, I knew some things about Fatima and, and, and Lourdes and things like that. But I was, I was on this, this, um, this journey because I didn't go through RCIA. I went through, I went through this private kind of initiation process with our priest at the time down here. And I remember walking through these things feeling like, okay, I'm ready to do this. I, I'd already, I think I'd already quit my job and at the church and was moving through this process. And one of the things I love to do is ride motorcycles. So that's, that's been a, uh, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a hobby or a passion of mine or whatever for, for many, many years. And on Sundays I would, I, I would, uh, take my bike out for, I don't know, maybe an, an hour or so, nothing major and just ride around. I always like to listen to, to podcasts or sermons or whatever while I'm riding. And for whatever reason, that particular day, the YouTube people recommended uh, Father Calloway's video about oh. the, um, you know, his book, the, the Champions of the Rosary or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'd never heard Father Don Calloway before. I didn't know anything about him. I hadn't really prayed the rosary a whole lot at that point in time, but I listened to that talk. I think it's called like the spiritual sword of our lady or something. It's got millions of, of views now on YouTube. And there was just something about the way that he talked about the rosary and how he, he mentioned all of these times in history where praying the rosary had accomplished major uh, defeats of the devil. Mm -hmm. And I was feeling in my own life, like I was in a lot of spiritual warfare and I thought to myself, I need every weapon that can be given to me. And I just felt this strong uh, challenge in my heart to, to start praying the rosary every single day. So I you know, didn't know how to do that. I wasn't sure what to do. I, I've, obviously, you have rosaries lying around because every Catholic person you meet gives them to you. And <laughs> especially if they know that you're like going to become Catholic or thinking about it, oh, Here's a rosary. So I could start a rosary shop if I wanted to, but I hadn't really prayed it. So I started praying it. And I, so I downloaded an app and just kind of went through that, praying the rosary. So I would say that's like spring of 2017. But I was, it, was very, it was a very personal kind of private thing that I would do and certainly never felt like I would lead people in the rosary. But it started for me actually before i was officially catholic i had started praying the rosary wow wow i think it is father calloway that talks about the battering ram and the gates of hell and so oh yeah he does everything yeah some exorcist talks about hum when they were doing an exorcism a demon said every hail mary is like a hit on my head so it is a powerful so you realize how many times you've hit demons on the head there yep. keith oh yeah you know i think i talk about that in my in my book too that my, my first book about which trying to decide in your first year in the church which devotions to start with because when you become catholic everybody wants to get you to do their thing mm -hmm. so it's like oh i do this novena i do that consecration i do this sort of thing over here and you're just like whoa 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 if, if you if you're a go-getter and you think you can keep up you're crazy you just can't so you have to be intentional about what you're going to start with and then realize you've got your whole life to, to unpack these treasures. Well, I, I've, I'm a big believer in like, okay, just come right out of the gate with the daily rosary. Like I would tell anybody who's like, I'm considering Catholicism or I'm, I'm, I'm a new Catholic. What should I do? Where should I start? 
like to me, you can't go wrong with praying a daily rosary because it takes you into the scriptures. It takes you into the communion of saints. It takes you into this, this fellowship that we have with the blessed mother. And there's so much grace attached to it that whether you're ready for it or not, it is going to bowl you over with grace. Yeah. Who was the priest? I should footnote that. I got to start writing these things down, Colleen. Yeah. The, um, Priest who said, if you pray the rosary for, if, if you're a, a chronic sinner, mortal or otherwise, if you pray the rosary for a year, you will either give up that vice or you will give up the rosary. That kind of sounds like Sheen. Oh, yeah. Was it Sheen? Yeah. Maybe not. I think right. it does. It does sound like, like Sheen, doesn't it? Yeah. Like you can't be, I've heard it kind of said like this, you can't be in sin and pray the rosary at the same time you will either stop one or the other yeah. right you know yeah and so many of us struggle with sin it's like oh i just wish i could stop sinning mm-hmm. start praying the rosary mm-hmm. and and uh you'll 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 discover that it's a powerful it's a powerful tool against it so when you said you started your conversion in 2017 we had to hold colleen down because that's the centennial of the Fatima apparitions with the three Portuguese children, and uh, right, right, and we did. We didn't know each other then. Keith Dubuque hosted the largest conference, evangelization conference for uh, the uh, centennial of Fatima here in Dubuque. We had uh, nearly twelve hundred oh, really? people. Yep, largest in the country. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it is. And, wow, and uh, we still have people talking about it and, and following us at uh, Aquinas Communications doing that. Hey, our guest is Keith Nestor. We're uh, 13 minutes into the show, and you just tuned in here. You're wondering who this guy, you've heard his voice. It's Keith Nestor of the Rosary Crew. He's, uh, he's been to Dubuque. He's led the Rosary here. He's every morning on the KCRD mobile app at uh, 11 o'clock Central Time. You might have heard him at 5 o'clock Central Time on YouTube with the Rosary Crew. And it's, it's just really growing. I want to go back, though, talking about the Blessed Mother who got you praying the rosary uh, in about 2017. Was, was there more to uh, the persuasion, shall we say, of the Blessed Virgin uh, getting you? I mean, think about that. He's not Catholic, Colleen, and he's doing the rosary. Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. What well, else? at that point in time, I was like, I was, I mean, I was, I was there. I was, I hadn't, I hadn't come into the church yet, but I had already said, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to become a Catholic, but there's a lot of that. Just because you say you become Catholic doesn't mean you're going to be like a rosary praying Catholic. You know, I had met with a friend of mine who is a, he's another Protestant pastor. And he said to me, he said, well, my mom converted to Catholicism, but she doesn't pray the rosary or anything. She's not one of those Catholics. Oh, and I'm like, what, do you, what does that mean? You know, um, and I, so then I was thinking, am I going to become one of those Catholics? It was almost like he knew he was trying to basically talk me out of becoming Catholic. But then when I feel like he knew that he couldn't, now was, he was sort of just trying to mitigate the damage <laughs> and be like, okay, you can be Catholic, but like, try not to believe in like the Catholic things or do the Catholic things. And I was, I was sort of like, no, I want all the Catholic things. If I'm going to be Catholic, I'm not going to be. Uh, a uh, you know cafeteria style Catholic or whatever. I want to I want to jump full board it now. I, what I didn't know at the time 
was what that really meant, you know, how deep the rabbit hole goes. And I'm still learning that. But um, it, it, it's just been awesome. So the Blessed Mother, you asked me, like, how did she, what more did she have? She's played so much of a role in my story. It's not even funny. I mean, when I was still discerning Catholicism, not having decided that I was going to become Catholic, but really exploring it, um, I had an experience with with her when I was preparing a sermon on uh, Luke chapter one, otherwise known to Catholics as the Annunciation, right? Uh, known to Protestants as just Luke chapter one. But I was I was preaching a sermon series through through this text to my congregation, and when I was preparing that message, looking into the scripture, seeing what happens when the angel Gabriel appears to to uh, the Blessed Mother. As I'm writing this in my office, I'm just like overcome with emotion and this weird presence. I can't quite put my finger on like what is happening to me. I don't sit in my office and cry while I'm writing sermons. But when I began to read about her and and think about her, it was as if she just like boom came down and was there with me in the room while I was while I was writing this message and and it really just threw me for a loop. I didn't know what was going on. And that sermon I ended up preaching that Sunday to my to my congregation, it was. I mean, you you and I thought I was probably like, you know, reading out of "Behold Your Mother" by Tim Staples or "Hail Holy Queen" by Scott Hahn or something like that. It was all about the Blessed Virgin Mary as the Queen of Heaven, as as the woman of Genesis three fifteen of Revelation twelve. I mean, it was all about it. I had quotes from church fathers about her, uh, about that she's the ever virgin. I, I mean, it was it was amazing, and. It was one of the most powerful moments I've ever had in ministry. So I, I take that as she saw my open heart to, to um, you know, considering the, the, the church. and when But I was no longer allowed just to preach about her as if she was someone I didn't know. She was like, no, we're going to fix that, Keith. And it, it was a powerful moment. <laughs> That's awesome. And in the next segment, maybe we could you could talk a little bit more about how you came to the faith and, and what those little parts of it were. I, I'm always interested in a conversion story. Absolutely. Sure. Keith, we're out of time in segment one. This is episode 64. Keith Nestor of the Rosary Crew is with us, and we will be back right after this on The chat. Colleen, we're back. We're in the chatterbox. We got Keith Nestor with the Rosary Crew with us here. That was a great first se segment. I'm on the edge of my seat um, hearing his story, and uh, I was just curious about more of his conversion story. Before and, we get into that uh, conversion yep, yep. story here, we, he, he lit the uh, fuse on Gabriel. He says the mother is in there while he's writing his, his script, yes. his homily. That was powerful. Yeah, and the Blessed Mother's there. And you know if the Blessed Mother was there, Gabriel's there. Let's Before you do your rosary, regardless of what of the 20 mysteries are, you do a scriptural interpretation and introduction for the, the um, uh, decades, Keith. Give yeah, a, give yeah. Us your, um, give us your best shot on the uh, first joyful mystery 
the Annunciation. So the joy, the first joyful mystery, of course, is the Annunciation, and we pray through the spiritual fruits um, that have come to me through this little Dominican booklet called Rosary Crew dot, uh, or um, RosaryCenter.org. And and their little pamphlet lists the spirit the spiritual or the the spiritual fruit of humility for this first joyful mystery of the of the Annunciation. And I think about humility in terms of not only the Blessed Mother who received the words from Gabriel without without any regard for what would happen to her life. She simply received the word of God from the angel Gabriel, even though she didn't understand it, which is fine. She said, be it done unto me according to thy word. I am the handmaid of the Lord. And in that statement, she's not saying, I will do what you want me to do. She's saying, I am who you want me to be. And that sense of identity in humility and submission to the Father is what all of us need to understand if we're going to be followers of Christ. Because our biggest problem comes when God's word comes to us and we place all of these parameters around it, all of these conditions, chief Mm -hmm. of which most of the time is that we understand it, that Mm -hmm. we assent to it, that we can say, okay, but I don't get this part or I don't get that part. So, and then, and then I love this when we try to tell God a better way, well, God, wouldn't it be better if it went this way in my life? Oh, God, let me tell you something that you didn't already know is what we kind of come across. But the Blessed Virgin Mary, she doesn't do that. It's okay to say, how can this be? If the how can this be is out of awe and wonder at how amazing God is at getting God's way. It's one thing to say, how can this be? Like what Zechariah had done the week before when Gabriel came to him with the news that his wife would give birth to a son. And even though he'd been praying for that all of these years, his response was to not believe the angel Gabriel. Mm -hmm. It was in essence as if he said, how can this be? But not out of awe and wonder, but out of a disbelief and a lack of faith. So same words, basically same, same same concept, but completely different motivations and different states of the heart. And you see, that's what can happen to us when, when we can become so full of ourselves like Zechariah was in that moment. I mean, he's a, he's a blameless man of God, right? The scripture tells us that he was a priest. And, and yet when the angel Gabriel came to him with the good news, he didn't believe it. But when the Blessed Virgin received the good news, she received it with humility. I also think about humility with regard to Gabriel himself, who of all the angels in heaven was chosen for this specific job. Can you imagine what that looked like when he got the call? Hey, can you come see me for a minute from his boss? And he walks into the throne room of God. He stands at the right hand of God and the altar of incense, and he's there, and, and God the Father says to Gabriel, come, come and let me talk to you for a moment. I've got a, I've got a very important assignment for you. Can you imagine when he got the news that he was going to be the angel to give that beautiful annunciation to the mother of God. Wow. Yet he does so with humility when he greets her and says in verse 28, hail full of grace. Now we know Gabriel isn't some schmuck angel. He's not the, he's not like some kind of worthless low life. Like he's an angel of God. But he's not just an angel of God. He's one of the archangels of God. And yet, what does he do? 
he humbles himself before this blessed woman to whom no one really even has ever noticed in her life. And yet here she is given this incredible news by this incredible angel who humbles himself for her. And he and what's knew. what's important to think about too. Yes. Oh, I was just going to say, and he knew that she was queen of the angels. So in a way, she's his boss. Right? Oh, yeah. She's yes. queen of the angels that's and a he great knew point. that. That's a, that's a great point. Although she didn't say, hey, guess what? I'm the queen of the angels, right? right. She she was <laughs> humble. Yep. She was humble. Yep. Yet he knew that. And, and his response and her response show us that there's an immense connection between humility and joy. This is a joyful mystery, remember, the joyful mystery. So if you're struggling in any area of your life with joy, then there's a corresponding area of a lack of humility somewhere in your life. Hmm. Because joy is the result of humility. Because it is in humility that you can receive the good news of Jesus Christ, which is your joy. Right, He is our joy, mm -hmm. but we don't experience that joy if we pushed him aside because we don't get it. But when we receive what he says to us with humility and we, in our identity, declare, I am the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word, then our joy, it, it can't even be measured. It's a beautiful thing. Hmm. That's a great point, step, Lincoln. Step away from the edge of the wall. Right? Think about Gabriel and and, yeah. uh, and linking joy yes. and humility. I love that. Yeah. Hey Keith, I got a. Uh, I pondered this many times. I think I've told Colleen. So he says, "Hail, full of grace." Gabriel says, "Hail, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb." And she re she replies, "My soul magnifies the Lord." There well, had, yeah, there, so there had to be, there, about, just ponder with me for a minute, Keith, because I've thought about this for a long, there had to be a moment when Gabriel held his angelic breath saying, I hope she gets this right. <laughs> and every angel, well, and you, every angel in yeah. heaven saying, did you hear Gabriel's on his way to the virgin? What's she going to say? Yeah, well, I think I think you're talking about where Mary visits Elizabeth, and Elizabeth is the one who actually says those things. She oh, says, yeah. "Yeah, you're right." She says, "Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of you." See, you're you're getting ahead of me now. You're I over on the second joy. Yeah, I forgot here. Uh, maybe Tom needs to walk back for a little no, bit. From no, no, that. be it done unto you me too. according to thy word. Here, you two are yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. So she gives this consent, right? She gives this consent, and then the angel departs from her. You know, but I I, I love. What he says to her is this. He says, for nothing will be impossible with God. He tells, he tells her the good news about Elizabeth, too. And I think Gabriel was just looking for somebody to celebrate with him because mm -hmm. Zechariah didn't. Mm -hmm. So he tells the Blessed Mother, look, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. For nothing will be impossible God with God. And then she's just like, let's go for it. You know, I'm all in on this plan. And then the angel departs her. Well, then in the next mystery, we see this encounter with Elizabeth where Mary makes the journey uh, to, to go be with her. And when she gets there, you know, and you got to remember, Elizabeth is the elder stateswoman here. She's the older woman. She's the wife of the priest. Mary is her younger relative. But right. yet when Mary comes to her, Elizabeth, she hears the greeting and 
Not only does the child leap with joy in the womb at Mary's coming, but Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit and cries out in a loud voice, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me that the mother of my Lord comes to me? You know, so you've got this woman filled with the Holy Spirit declaring basically the second half of the Hail Mary prayer. You know, so whenever I get challenged by people who are like, oh, why are you praying that prayer? You know, that's that's, you know, where's the where's the rosary in the Bible? I'm just like, look, here it is. Well, it's right here. And we know that those are really God's words because the angel Gabriel is not going to make up his own stuff. Right. He is going to say what God tells him to say to mm-hmm. ask what God has told him to ask. And then if Elizabeth says the other part from the Holy yeah. Spirit, this has got Amen. God's fingerprints all over it. it. It it absolutely does. And you look at that mystery of this visitation and you're like, what is going on here? You know, you've got Mary and Jesus and Elizabeth and John the Baptist in this beautiful moment. And we are allowed to because you know, St. Luke records this for us for a reason. We're allowed to enter into this. And, and praying the rosary allows us to have our own moment of visitation there as well, which is a powerful thing because a lot of us feel isolated. A lot of us feel disconnected from, from others. But when we pray the rosary and when we meditate on this mystery, we're understanding the joy that is found in this communion of the saints. Mm-hmm. And it, it's all, it all starts right here. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. You know, the more you ponder those mysteries, and I love the way you not only pray the uh, rosary, Keith, but you give this this background, and, and now we've gone 11 minutes on on just chewing on the, the Annunciation with, with Gabriel. But isn't that really what the rosary is designed to do, Colleen, to, mm-hmm. to bring us into Scripture, to... Mm-hmm. to help us understand and and we the longer we spend on it the more we realize we we've we've missed part of it oh my goodness and the long the longer we pray the rosary the more we meditate on it you think well i'm i've kind of exhausted these mysteries by now but that's not the case god mm. gives you new insights all the time so you can never exhaust the mysteries and the nuggets of inspiration that are in the rosary have you gone into the uh, history of the origins of the rosary, Keith? Well, really, I have looked into that in several different places. And, you know, I, I have seen that, you know, a lot of people have different ideas about that, even within the Catholicism, of course. I mean, there are there are those who believe very strongly in the idea that Our Lady gave the rosary to to St. Dominic and just like, boom, here it is out of nowhere. And then there are other people that that question that that um, idea a little bit uh, for various reasons. But they talk about how he was obviously a proponent of the rosary, and you see its connection to the the Marian Psalter before that, and the different um, origins of it. So I don't claim to be the guy that has the answer on exactly when the rosary started. Um, because I don't know, to be honest with you, like all of the details around that. And I'm not sure that anybody knows um, every little aspect of it. Colleen so for does. me, no, I don't. Uh, Colleen no, was there. Yeah. No, I don't. No, I, she, don't. Uh, no, I don't. She used to babysit St. Dominic. <laughs> oh, wow. Just a rumor. Just a rumor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, What would we pay to know? 
What would we pay to know? Oh, man. Where did it come from? When St. we Dominic reach the other and, side and, and we what, watch it unfold, then we will know where the rosary came from. Hey, one more thought on, on that Annunciation, Keith. I keep thinking here, you know, it's been said by oral tradition that, that um, the very devout Jews of the time of uh, Zechariah would, would go to the temple because they knew the, ta- the, the prophecy that said the uh, Savior would be born of a virgin and coming in time. So that's Isaiah. And so they would pray for the coming Messiah. They would pray and... and um, the young Virgin Mary of Nazareth would, of course, be part of that prayer. She would pray, you know, dear Lord, send, send the Messiah, send the Messiah. When Gabriel comes in and makes the Annunciation, the realization that she had been praying for herself. Think about that mm. for a moment. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. Now, I didn't mean to stop everybody's conversation because this is radio. And uh, oh, conversations yeah, key. Sure. So much for pregnant pause, <laughs> but it does cause us some. Yeah, some, I mean, uh, it's it's there, there's so many levels of that that you know you wonder what was that like for her to and that you know we we see that she ponders all these things in her heart. You know, she considers all these things. There's so many things that must have gone through her mind. And you you know what I wonder about is what did her and did did her and Jesus have conversations about that? Yeah, you, mm. you, you would have to think that. But I think you nailed it early. It was humility. Her response and her thoughts had to be uh, a most humble response, Keith. Well, she's full of grace. So, I mean, we know that she was conceived uh, immaculately and that at the moment of her conception, she's, she is pulled from that pit of, of sin. And so w- what we see in her is really the ideal for humanity in terms of what a life looks like that is fully surrendered to God. Wow. So when we, and it's, and that's a humble life, you know, Mm -hmm. a life fully surrendered to God is not a life that goes around demanding one's own way and insisting on uh, other people's admiration be expressed to them. You know, a, a, a life fully devoted to God looks like a humble life, a life of service, a life of peace, and of unwilling or uh, of of sacrifice and unwilling to be disobedient in any circumstance. And and a life that could be very hidden. Very, she was not famous, or I mean, she was. It was very hidden. Very much. Keith Nestor is well. Our guest. It's interesting. Yeah, our, he's the Rosary Crew. Keith, you wanted to follow up on Colleen. I cut you off there. Yeah, I, th- I I did because you know the scripture tells us that that the Lord opposes the proud but exalts the humble. Mm-hmm. And you you think you know you made that comment that she was a hidden life, absolutely. But at the same time, look at look at how exalted she's become. All generations will call me blessed. For look at the Lord, for He has done great things for me. Mm-hmm. And that's the key. God will exalt those who humble themselves, but a person who's truly humble never gets into this because they want to be exalted. Well, right. But God's workmanship is just like he wants to put that on display. It's a beautiful thing. It is. And, you know, I've often thought she doesn't visit Elizabeth and go, hey, guess what? I'm going to be the mother of God, right? It's not all about her when 
my goodness, she's the mother of God. Yeah. It's all, you know, she goes to help Elizabeth, and Elizabeth says this, and what does Mary do? Boom, my soul magnifies the Lord. Mm-hmm. I mean, she doesn't say, yeah, isn't that cool? Can you believe that I've been picked? I mean. Yeah, I won. I won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not about <laughs> yeah. her at all. It's it's boom. So as soon as we speak to Mary, she takes those words and, and directs them right to God and glorifies God with them. And she does the same thing when we pray the rosary. We've got Keith Nestor in the chatterbox. We're uh, Keith, we're up against the clock on segment two. We're going to come back in segment three. We're going to talk about your book. Well, one of your books. you got a couple of them. you got a bunch of them. And uh, we've got a Mexico City trip coming up with Father Dennis Conway. And we'll be back in the chatter right after these announcements. This is the Chatterbox on the KCRD mobile app and uh, also on FM 98.3 KCRD, Colleen. It is. And you know what? This is going to air on Saturday, November 5th. And that's the same day the next consecration starts. I'm just realizing oh, I forgot right about now. that. Like, did you see the light bulb go off over my head? I am like, it just occurred to me I right now. I thought it was Gabriel. <laughs> But no, it's it's a light bulb. <laughs> it's perfect timing to have Keith Nestor on when we're going to start our next consecration. Keith's the rosary guy. Beautiful. You hear him Monday through Friday on on KCRD and on the mobile app with the rosary crew. You might have caught one of his. He's got a couple YouTube channels, but the rosary crew is live 5 p.m. Central Time, regardless of what time zone and city he's in. We've been talking for coming up on an hour. Keith, you said something earlier that in your conversion path, some of your Protestant friends made a statement, and I'm paraphrasing, but made a statement to the effect that, uh, well, I guess it's all right to be Catholic, but you're not going to be one of those rosary Catholics, or what kind of Catholic are you going to be? Why would someone of the Protestant faith have that point of view and have that that uh, make those statements here. What is it about Catholicism, the joyful mystery, all the mysteries, and and the rosary in particular that would elicit that kind of a statement? Well, I think it has to do with a lot of misconceptions that people have about Catholicism and what the Church teaches, and just some some idea around asking for intercessory prayer and worship being the same thing. So when people equate things like praying the Hail Mary or any type of, of intercessory prayer with through the saints, people associate that with worship because, well, the saints are dead. They can't hear you. You're not supposed to pray to anybody but God. So a lot of it has to do with, with that. And then, of course, there's the whole idea around the Catholic exaltation of the Blessed Virgin Mary in their eyes is very 
It's almost idolatrous, and some would say that it is. So it's it's not a shock to me that that's an issue for a lot of people because they see what Catholics do with with uh, you know their Marian doctrines and and their their Marian practices, and they just they're so offended by it. They just can't they just can't relate to it at all. So that's I think ultimately that's where it comes from. Another layer of it would also have to do with people don't know what to do with all of the repetition of the prayer. Some people are like, oh, well, doesn't Jesus say you're not supposed to pray, you know, vain repetitions or whatever, which I say, yep, he did. And then they go, but you pray the rosary. And I go, yeah, I know that's different because the the, the problem is not with the, the repetition. The problem is with the vain repetitions. And I'm absolutely mm-hmm. going to agree with anybody who says we shouldn't pray the rosary with vain repetitions, 100%. Don't pray it in vain. Pray with all your heart. And, and, you know, that's what, that's what we're all to do. But I think the biggest issue is, is a lot of people don't understand the communion of the saints and they don't understand that Mary has a role in, in our faith as the queen of, of, of heaven and earth. So there's a lot of problems with that, that people have because they feel like you're making too big a deal out of Mary and that takes away from Jesus. So... Curious you're talking about all this, Colleen. We're recording today is All Souls Day. We're recording on yep. on yep. Wednesday, November 2nd, on All Souls Day. Yesterday was All Saints Day. Help me get an insight into the Protestant mindset. If, if they don't conceptualize the communion of saints, if they don't conceptualize that, I mean, do they not believe in the resurrection of the dead and the communion and life everlasting? What's our creed? The resurrection of the dead and life everlasting. Amen. What what say you, Keith? Well, a co- couple things. First of all, you you have to be very careful, and I'm always telling my Catholic brothers and sisters to avoid this this trap. And the trap is to to speak of Protestants as if they were one unified group or one unified position. So we say things like. Well, why do Protestants have a problem with this, or what? Why do Protestants believe that? That's that's a little bit simplistic because there's such a divergence in Protestantism that you're going to find Protestants who pray the Rosary. I have Protestants in our Rosary crew that pray with us. So not every Protestant believes the same way. I mean, for crying out loud, Martin Luther had a devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary. So did John Wesley to a certain degree. I don't say I wouldn't say he had a devotion to her, but he he called her ever virgin. So he certainly believed in the perpetual virginity of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Were there, so, so there's a divergent view. But the, the idea of what, do, what holds back most Protestants or a lot of Protestants around the idea of the communion of saints is this. They think that the saints have you know, died and are either with Jesus. Again, this is, this is fuzzy too for people. Some believe that they're just in a state of soul sleep right now, that they're not aware of anything. That at the last day, they'll be resurrected. Some will be uh, judged to go to heaven. Some will be judged to go to hell. Others believe at the rapture, that's another whole another topic, mm-hmm. that they'll be raised up out of the graves and taken up into heaven with Jesus and everybody left standing here. Others believe that they're there now, that, that the moment that you die, you're judged and you're with Jesus. And they would probably even say, you know, if you asked them, do you think the saints are aware of what's going on here? I think they'd probably say, to a certain degree, they would want to say, well, yeah, you know, 
but there, it's when you get to this idea of communicating, like asking for their intercession or praying to them, that's when they shut down because they somehow believe that there's there's something wrong with that. And, you know, different people have different understandings of why. The, the one I hear most often is, well, doesn't doesn't the old covenant, you know, forbid us from communicating with the dead? There's that text in Exodus that talks about do do not communicate with the dead. It's talking about being like a sorcerer or a medium, right. a, a uh, someone who conjures up spirits, right? Mm-hmm. That's forbidden, necromancy, right? And they equivoc- they equivocate asking for intercession of the saints as that. But what I often remind those people is, well, if that's the truth, then then what does that say about Jesus on on the Mount of Transfiguration? Who was he talking to? Moses and Elijah. Mm-hmm. Was he committing some terrible sin? Mm-hmm. And could they could they could they see what was going on? Of course, we look at the you know in Revelation where we see the prayers of the saints being offered up. They're clearly aware of what's happening. So there's a lot of ways to talk about it, but most people don't think about it that deeply. They just go, "Oh, Catholic, bad." You know, it's like this Catholic derangement syndrome. You know, where it's just like it, it, they just can't accept these things to be true because they're Catholic and they have such an attitude about it. You know, but again, that's not everybody. Not every Protestant thinks like that or acts like that. There's plenty of Protestants out there, you guys, that will go to a cemetery and talk to their relatives as if they can hear them and just say, please, you know, help me out up there and all this. And and, and they have no problem doing that. But they do have a problem with Catholics doing that for some reason. I don't know. It, it's 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 one of those things that I think you have to – Talk to individual people and find out what their specific issue is with it before you can really address it. Mm-hmm. I've said it before, Keith, and I'll say it again. You don't get this kind of radio up and down the dial. No, you don't. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Keith Nestor, the Rosary Guy and the Rosary Crew. Keith, you gave me one of your books. Thank you so much. This is October 19th. He walks oh, up to and he says, here, here it is. I will remind you, you didn't. Well, he did autograph it here. This page was stuck. Here it is. I it's think just I did, up. my friend. Yeah. yeah, there it is. There it is. So the book I got, Unpacking the Mysteries of the Rosary, and I know you and uh, Estelle looked like you were pretty busy that night talking to people and, and moving some books and things like that. Tell us about what's in your library. Oh, we had a wonderful time. Um, so, yeah, this new book just came out in September. This is my second book. My first book. It's called The Convert's Guide to Roman Catholicism, Your First Year in the Church. And this this book is, this new one is is Unpacking the Mysteries of the Rosary, Connecting the Spiritual Fruits to Your Daily Life. And this is basically a, a book that was born out of my my reflections and meditations, like kind of like I shared a, a few moments ago about the joyful mysteries. Um, it's, it's a book that kind of walks you through each of the mysteries and the fruits to help you enter into that prayer so that when you're praying, you are, you're, you're fully vested in it and you are right there in the middle of it. Wow. Nice book. What else do you got on the shelf over there? It looked like Estelle was busy all night long. Oh, wow. Well, I think, I think we have, um, just between those two books and we have, we have tons of stuff. We have rosaries, we have, um, pouches and stickers we're always inviting people to come to our live stream every day on youtube on the rosary crew with keith nestor youtube page i have a uh, weekly bible study i do called unpacking the mass where i walk through the upcoming week's readings that's on this the regular keith nestor youtube channel so i've got two channels just keith nestor 
And that's where I make videos about the faith and do their Bible study. And then I have Rosary Crew with Keith Nestor. That's just basically just devoted to things related to the rosary. And so, and you were, uh, of course, we were, we're talking... getting ready to travel. And yeah. Oh, no, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but you were talking oh, about okay. your two just saying, yeah. YouTube channels. And the one has your conversion mm-hmm. story on it because I don't think we're going to have time to hear your conversion story. But you were saying that the. Um, the one channel has your conversion story on it. So if yeah. people want to listen, they, they can go to YouTube. Yep. They just go to YouTube and just type in Keith Nestor into the YouTube search. You'll find my channel. Um, and uh, the the uh, testimony is like, it's right there. Just Keith Nestor's Catholic conversion story. Okay. That's good. So for anyone listening, um, we're probably not going to get to his conversion story on the show today. So go to YouTube and search for Keith Nestor's channel and his conversion stories on there. Keith, we got seven days coming up in January 2023. You and Father Dennis Conway going on a trip. Let's bring everybody up to speed on that. Yes, we are leading a pilgrimage with Select International Tours to Mexico City to see the Tilma of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And we'll be down there for a week. It's going to be an absolutely incredible experience. I can't believe I'm actually going to get to see a real-life miracle in the flesh <clears throat> i'm so excited about it as as someone who came into the church because of the blessed virgin mary or through her so so strongly to get to see this it's it's a huge honor of mine we've got an awesome group of people coming there's still a few slots left the deadline is november 15th though if you want to sign up so uh if you go to my website down to earth ministries.org it's just down to earth ministry sorry singular so down the number two earth ministry.org there's a there's a place where you can learn more about the trip and we are going to just be so excited to go so these dates again seven days beginning january 15th through the 21st it's father dennis conway mm-hmm. over at immaculate conception in cedar rapids immaculate conception catholic church Father Dennis Conway, Keith Nestor, and um, I've got a number here, 800. Wish I could read the uh, 800-842-4842, 800-842-4842, or uh, email Rebecca at select-intl.com, select internationaltours.com. This looks like a lot of fun, Keith. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be a blast. Yeah. How many, got a sense of, I know we're early, we're two months out. What's uh, anybody coming in, trickling in yet for reservations? Oh, we've got, we've got 31 people signed up. Wow. Wow. How many will you take? Yeah. Uh, I will take as many as want to go, but my goal, my, honestly, my goal was was uh 35 is my goal okay so we're we're knocking on that door right now yeah and that would be including including myself father conway and uh i think estelle's going to come too my wife is probably going to come with us as well so you're right about there yeah we're almost there i think i think we're gonna i think we're gonna see that yeah good and just to clear up any misunderstanding uh you're you're not taking everybody down on motorcycle right you're you're doing <laughs> oh unfortunately no I, that would have that would have they, they didn't they didn't accept that proposal from me believe it or not <laughs> maybe another time keith we got about three minutes left here on the chatter colleen and i wanted to get more into your uh conversion story but that this isn't going to allow let's uh, let's do some 
prayer reflecting on on the uh, the mysteries of of the rosaries. We got into the uh, the assumption, and we don't have time to go as deep and long on that. But let's let's look at the rest of the joyful mysteries. And can you do it in three minutes, man? Uh, all of them? Come on, you can do it. I think he means can, just okay, the reflection so to, part. Yeah. 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 Well, okay. So we talked about the Annunciation, okay? Um, the the and we talked about the Visitation as well. Mm-hmm. So we'll move on. We'll spend those. We'll spend our remaining time talking about the the other joyful mysteries. So we have the Nativity as the third joyful mystery. The spiritual fruit of that mystery is detachment. I like to think of the Nativity as God giving humanity the greatest present ever: His Son Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And if you were going to receive the greatest gift ever. You have to have both of your hands open. You have you can't be holding a bunch of other stuff. We all know what that's like when you're holding a when you got an armload full of stuff and someone tries to hand you something. It doesn't work. God's trying to hand you the greatest thing ever. The spiritual fruit of that mystery is detachment. You've got to let go of the other things in life so that you can receive the greatest gift of all, Jesus Christ, in that third joyful mystery. The fourth joyful mystery is the presentation of Jesus in the temple. The spiritual fruit of that mystery is obedience. And the Blessed Virgin Mary and St. Joseph bring Jesus to the temple to consecrate him to the Lord, to present him there out of obedience. And what I love about this mystery is that this is a picture of what still happens because Jesus Christ is continually presented to the Father in the holy sacrifice of the Mass, and he's also presented to us in communion, in the Eucharist. And we have to be willing to also receive him, and yet, as St. Paul says, to present our bodies as living sacrifices to the Lord. Joy is connected to humility. Joy is connected also to obedience. If there's any area in your life where you're struggling with joy, increase your level of obedience in that area and you will see it change. And then, of course, the last joyful mystery is finding Jesus in the temple. The spiritual fruit of this mystery is perseverance. When Mary and Joseph realized they weren't with Jesus anymore, they stopped what they were doing, they turned around, and they went back. That's called repentance, my friends. And that's what we're all called to do. When we realize, for whatever reason, that we're not with him, we've got to stop, turn around, go back to where the last place we were with him. And I I don't know where that was for you, but I guarantee you this. He's waiting for you in the temple. He's waiting for you in the church, in the tabernacle. His presence is not hidden from you. He says, why were you searching for me? Didn't you know where I'd be? He says the same thing to you, my friend. Stop trying to make him find you and go find him. He's not hidden from you. He's there. And if you persevere in that search, then you will find joy as well. How'd we do, Tom? You did it, man. Wow. You did it, man. You did it. You got, four, right. you got 45, minutes, uh, 45 seconds left for Colleen to talk about something that is very uh, dear to us, St. Louis de Montfort's consecration. That's right. To Beautiful. Jesus through, through Mary. Colleen, that's yep. coming up. We uh, did the first consecration this summer, but we're doing it again, and we will end on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, December 8th. So if you count backwards, that means we're going to start on Saturday, November 5th. And some people, I think, have the books, but everybody can listen to the prayers on the podcast. Is that right? On the podcast? Yeah. And they're going to air at midnight, 6 a.m., noon, and 6 p.m. every day. So it's all the same. So just jump on one of those times. So and the fifth can... is Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. So uh, by the time this airs at one o'clock Saturday afternoon, we'll have aired twice. So later today, 
Saturday. They could still catch it at 6 p.m., yep. Yep. And then at midnight is when we restart the clock Yep. for day two. Yep. Yep. So join us. And, uh, you know, at first I thought, oh, I'm not probably going to listen. I'll just read the book and do my do it myself. But I've really liked listening along. It yeah. really helps keep me focused. It really does. So please join us, everyone. Our guest has been Keith Nestor of the Rosary Crew, and we're out of time, Keith. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory be. To the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Tune in again next week to the Chatterbox. We love you.